Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to week five of the golfing year. And as always, there's action aplenty in the golfing world. And Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen, well, they're going to put it up on blocks and have a real good chinwag over it. And it's with great thanks to our friends at Ping, they'll help you play your best. You can arrange a Ping Club fitting from your local golf shop or professional. And the Golf Clearance Outlet, head in store in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane or Perth or online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. But now, let's hook into it. The number one Australian golf podcast, this is Talk Birdie Simi. We, 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 we! Il écrit l'histoire du golf masculin français T'es un champion Mathieu T'as un cœur énorme T'es un grand Tout simplement How about that <laughs> I, lo- I love hearing the commentary That's not ours yeah. In English language It is so good Viva, Viva la France <laughs> <laughs> Can you speak French? No, not at all No, mm. I can ask for a coffee And good morning And all that Bonjour Oui yeah, yeah, All yeah. that sort of that, stuff All that stuff yeah. No, yeah. All that, Voulez-vous coucher Avec quoi <laughs> Ce soir That's all I know I still don't even know What it means What does it mean? It was a good song uh, What was it? Hang on, what was it again? Voulez-vous coucher Avec quoi Ce soir um, No is that, idea Is that Sample pour moi By Placid Patron? <laughs> don't know <laughs> It's not Voulez-vous <laughs> 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 Voulez-vous coucher Avec quoi well, Ce soir Don't know it, it You w- don't know That's Lady Marmalade Ah, oh, there you That's go. Lady Marmalade. Lady Marmalade. Yeah, yeah, it was a great win though, and I thought he was going to do it like another Frenchman did on that last hole too. Yeah, yeah. it looked dodgy, didn't it? I mean, the, the, when he when he had that shot out of the rough, I thought, oh, uh, uh, what's the Dottie twin? Pepper? Yeah, Dottie Pepper's down there going. It's thick can't, as thick, and can't see the ball. Can't see the ball. Mm. He did well to get that ball to stop too. By the way, I don't know how that happened. It came out. Uh, Nicely, we'll say that. We'll say that. Well, there's been a little bit of footage. I mean, let's yeah, we might sure. as well talk about it. I mean, there's there's been a question mark about whether he put a mm. foot behind the ball, but uh, I've seen the vision, and you can't really no. see anything. No, and I don't know what it shows. Yeah. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, it's the uh, Tory Pines finish to the PGA Tour event on the weekend. The Farmers, Matthew Pavon. Yep. Oh, I said that with a nice yeah, accent. Yeah, you did. Actually. Great job. Good. You're not even drinking yet. <laughs> not not yet. That's later. Um, <laughs> it's too early. Um, but yeah, he came home unbelievably well, especially with that little miss short putt on the 17th. Talk us through the last hole, mm. because there'd be a lot of people who had to nick off to work or were doing something on Sunday morning. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that a couple of tournaments finish on our Sunday now yeah. instead uh, because of, you know, obviously what took place, um, on Monday, our time. Yeah, well, exactly. Where you've got the, uh, the NFL. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's exactly why they, cause I was, I was looking at on, um, Friday, I thought, hang on, they've already played two rounds. That yeah. doesn't look right. That's so, right. Given that- the time difference. But what happened was, yeah, um, um, Pavon had a one-shot lead over Hoygaard, and also the other guy was Steven Jaeger, the yeah. German guy. So he got a Frenchman. 
uh, a Dane and a German guy in the last group of a PGA Tour. It event. was the most international I've ever seen yeah. the PGA Tour of America ever in yeah. any tournament, mm. without a doubt. I mean, For the sure. first full page, there might at some stages during the weekend, there was only about three American flags on it. Mm. No, correct. Which was kind of good. Yeah. Interestingly, a lot of people were talking previously to this about the 10 cards that the DP World Tour gave mm. to... Uh, sorry, the PGA Tour gave 10 cards to the DP World Tour players right. from last season. That's right. That were not already exempt. Correct. And Nikolai Hoygaard got one of them. Yeah. Pavon got one of them by yeah. birdieing the last four holes of the DP World Championship the That's previous right. year, and the guy he knocked out was Rasmus Hoygaard, oh, Nikolai's yeah. brother. Incredible. <laughs> Isn't that an incredible story? And then he goes on the wins really early. Exactly. So he's got a one-shot lead over Hoygaard playing the last. Hoygaard knocks it on in two. You kind of think he's going to two-putt mm. for his birdie. Uh, Pavon pulls his tee shot left. He's up against the bunker on an upslope, and he hoiks it left. It was a terrible second shot. Mm. I'm actually going to do my masterclass on uphill lies, by the way, later on. We well, can tell uh, Kazuma Kabori can help him one. out, and he can yeah. help out uh, Matty Goggin as well because we saw a couple. <laughs> on what hole was it? 16. Yeah, 16. Yes. They both had trouble with it on Saturday and Sunday. Correct, yeah. But uh, Pavon had trouble with it on the final hole, hoiked it into the rough. And I've been in that rough before. Uh, it is not good down there. Yeah. You've got a pond in front of the green. They've got the pin on the front left. Yeah. And he's got to somehow... I, if it was... I think, as you're standing over his ball, he's probably thinking, if I make five, I'm happy. I'm going to get in the playoff. But here's one of the shots of the year. It looked yeah. like about an eight iron in his hand. Yeah. Hit the middle. There's a little ridge in the middle. Funnels down to 10 feet. Rolls it in for mm. the victory, basically. And that's when they were going absolutely nuts in France, obviously, on the commentary. The American commentators, not so much. No. A little quieter. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the case, too. You can always... I don't know about you, but I reckon I can always hear the American commentators um, cheering against the European. He's, you know, this is the, this is the big time. Yeah. Will he be able to handle it? You know, mm. that, that's, that's all the commentary I do. Just on the commentary, Trevor Immelman, uh, I, I never met him in my entire life. You must yeah, have I know at, at some well. stage. Mm. He's fast turning into my favourite commentator. He's very good. Oh, I, I, I rate him. I reckon he is absolutely sensational. Yeah. Him and Finchie on the coverage together are great. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, really good. And I love the fact that they are putting international voices on the PGA Tour uh, coverage as well. I, th I think it's just great. Yeah. Frank Noblo has been a great one over there Frank's as well. Frank's sensational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a nice mix of everybody else. You know, you get the cheesy American voices, uh, the ones <laughs> following the ball on the golf course. You've got that cheesy guy who, when we go to our breaks, but not their breaks, and he just gives yeah. a little wind down. He's been, he must have been doing that job for 30 years. Yes. Uh, the, you mean the Same guy in between? Yeah, yeah he yeah. says some stupid things though. Yeah, he's, he's, some of the stuff he says is ridiculous. It's not golf. He's, what he's talking about? But he, he, he's, well, he's, he's, <laughs> he's golf's version of a fluffer, basically. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can I say that? Well, I just, just did, did anyway. Just so did. You can always cut that out, can't you, Dan? So, yeah. No, it's all right. It's too late. It's, it's too, too late. late. Yeah, yeah okay. it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but this golf course. It, it's bizarre. Every time they play there, they always get a quality finish. Yeah. And it, I can tell you now, Mark, yeah, yeah. it's not a good golf course. Oh, I've played it. It's crap. Yeah, I've, I've played it. I, I it's played not it. a good course. I played it in April, and it was right before Tiger Woods won the US Open there. So mm. what year was that? 2008. Uh, 2008? Yeah. So uh, I saw it when I was being prepared for a US Open, and it was a joke. No. It yeah. was an absolute, yeah. it was a joke. So why is it a joke? Like, what's What's wrong with it? Well, the, the, for the setup for a US Open, I mean, I, I never got to play in a US Open, uh, but the setup, I was thinking, my God, mm. I mean, they must have widened the field. They couldn't have had it that way the whole length. But my ongoing 
thoughts when I was there was, how good could this place be? Yeah. Because it's set on the most beautiful cliffs you'd, you'd views, ever see. The views are incredible, and they get that drone views or blimp yeah. views going all the time during the tournament, and there's a reason for that because the views, you know, it's making it look good when <laughs> on the golf course is actually not. And yeah. by the way, there was a cracking view on the 17th oh, tee another one. in the third round. It's two weeks you, in a row. You saw this? Yeah. Did you see this, Dan? No, no, no. Two so weeks in a row. Are a, you about to say what I think you're going to say? Yeah. There's a, dra- a, dra- a drone going around, a, just sort of going around, you know, as it does. On the behind, way to a break. On the way to a break. Behind the 17th tee, oh, the does. player walks down and just starts <laughs> relieving himself like we saw <laughs> the other day. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, comical. That is too funny. It must have been a drone, though, because if it's a blimp, the player would have known it was of there. Of course. The drone's too small. You well, can't see it. Well, apparently there was a camera up on one of those um, uh, hang gliders. That uh, mm. whizz around. There was, yep. there was a bit of a hang glider accident. Maybe he just thought it was a hang glider. Maybe. Mm. I did notice, though, there was no need for any pixelation. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was no issue. In fact, they tried, but they couldn't find uh, pixels small enough. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. <But> you <laughs> are pumping your own tires up there, aren't you? But, and the other thing that happened over the weekend was Nikolai Hoygaard, runner-up to Pavon on the yeah. PGA Tour event. Rasmus Hoygaard, runner-up on yeah, the amazing. European Tour. It's amazing, incredible. isn't it? It's These incredible, the siblings uh, at the moment. Frightening. Uh, I want to hear about uh, the finish to the LPGA as mm. well because um, that's ridiculous. I saw that. Of course, Corder and uh, Lydia Coe involved, but uh, we'll do that in the ping. Yes. Global results. Nick Dunlap turned professional, Yep. and I reckon it's the smartest thing he's ever mm. done in his life was not playing this week. Yeah. If he did play and missed the cut, it would have damaged the management's ability, I reckon, to get the best possible deal done. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe five times twenty million. Five times meaning five yeah. years. Uh, Taylor made out of this, which is what it, all over it. But he might have just, you know, got rid of his signing bonus <laughs> or something like that. You know, they're big in signing bonuses over there. So maybe, maybe that he had a ten million dollar signing bonus as well, mm. just thrown in. But Maybe the ten million dollars signing bonus would have only been five million dollars if he went to Tory Pines and missed the cut. Well, he said it was the hardest, easiest decision he's ever made, and the reason being the easiest to turn pro because that's a no-brainer. Yeah, but yeah. the hardest because he had to go back to his college and say to the guys and the cat and the coach, uh, "Look, I'm turning pro," yeah. but apparently he's still going to live there uh, near Alabama and sort of hang out with them, then just travel out of there. Uh, isn't that interesting? Fascinating stuff. But the thing about I guess Tory he's always, was... he's always lived in Alabama, hasn't he? I guess so, yeah. But he wants to be around the guys, and he sort of he feels as though he's letting them down because he's leaving the team, obviously, and they're one heck of a team that they have there. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting. But the tournament, Tory Pines, it wasn't an elevated event, so he didn't specifically need to go because obviously yeah. the money isn't as big as the other events. I mean, they're all big these days, as we know. So, But now he gets the pick, doesn't he? Yeah. Now, oh, he's, he's fully exempt, and he's in all the signature stuff. Till the end of 2026. So Correct. Nice to win early. If you're out oh, yeah. there and you want to uh, turn professional and be a superstar, win early on the PGA Tour because <laughs> your two years turns into all of 2024, all of 2025, and now all of 2026. So it's kind of three years. Yeah. So tell me this. If, if you won, let's say you won the last tournament before the FedEx Cup, if that was the tournament he won, then he he's kind of done his dash, hasn't he? He, he might have gotten to the FedEx Cup on points for with a win, plays in that, and then he's only got two years after that. So winning early... You get three get, years, basically. Yeah, get you three years. Yeah. No, that's correct. 
Not bad. Did you like his swing and all the swing analysis? I I'd saw it. Yeah. I thought, ooh. Yeah. Well, it gave me a sore back, like most of the young guys yeah. now. I mean, the 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 uh, the tilt that they have, the upper body tilt through the ball and the hips clearing and everything. I mean, it's phenomenal. So much room, but chiropractors around the world are going <laughs> cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> and now they, they, I, I love talking about length. And I want to talk. I'll, I want to ask you about Matty Goggin too, because he said some things on the coverage on the Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia. That I'm, that I'm interested in about length and you know he's 49 years old when I first met him when he came out on tour he hit the ball a million miles he was a bomber but uh, they're talking about shoulder and hip separation now mm -hmm. as Correct. being one of the real big keys in hitting the ball a million miles yeah. and when you slow down you know Roy McIlroy and Tiger when he was flying and, and everything else um, whatever the angle differential is so let's say to make it easy, shoulders turn at 90 degrees 90. at the top of the swing and hips at 45. Yeah, Alrighty, or so there's 30 or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm just going to make it easy. 90 and 45. When the hips start down before you get to the top, that 45 difference can turn into 60, 65. Correct. Yeah. And that's where the enormous um, linkage is between club head speed with some players and club head speed with others. That sergeant, they measured his. And Ooh, it's that'd be scary. Uh, it's a world record. Mm. Whatever he's doing, I remember reading about it, and I, d I didn't see the numbers, but it's a world record. Yep. When, when the, the more you can increase that angle in that transition, that's where they create that lag and that late speed, and that's where the power comes from, as you say. Yeah. And and Matty Goggin said something uh, that was really interesting when Stacey interviewed him before the round. He said that uh, he's spoken to some of the players on the seniors tour, and there were some European guys who had been helping him with speed. Long drive guys. Long drive guys. Mm. That's them. Yep. I want to know what that is. Uh, me too. Uh, I wonder if they're swinging those, what are they, speed sticks? Yeah, and, the speed the stick things. Ropes. I've seen people do those as well. Did you notice his practice swings on the par fives when he really wanted to kill one? As hard as possible. Yeah, I've never seen. Yep. I mean, I've, I've seen kids do that. Padraig but I've Harrington, never seen a pro do that. Padraig Harrington oh, yeah, does, does that as well. Sorry. Yep. I have, I, I've seen Padraig. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. So it's part of a drill. Yeah, I remember watching guys do it where they would get on the range and they'd have 10 swings as hard as they possibly could and then they'd hit a golf ball. And I thought, they're wearing themselves out, but apparently they're just trying to create as much speed as possible. This is just on the driving range, not on the golf course. Yeah. But they're sort of replicating it there with Goggy. Like he took maybe two swings when he really wanted to go after it as fast as he possibly Whoosh, could. You could hear it in mm. the sound effect, mics. It was incredible. And you don't hear that too often mm. on the... Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia yeah. with all the youngies. Well, you certainly don't. With, when we play, we <laughs> just we just kind of go, <laughs> as opposed to whoosh. <laughs> Mate, we tee the ball up, we take two steps back, have a quick yeah. look and walk in and go. <laughs> you don't hear anything. <laughs> anyway, um, we need we need to talk to him. I want to know. Okay. How are we going to do that? Put him on the list, Dan. Another one. We another, need Another one on the list. So we actually need to talk to him about two things. Okay. Seven Mile Beach and Five Mile Beach. Yep. And his club head speed drills. Okay. All right. Just, All right. We've got a list of about eight what, people. What you is want to the list on? again? It's uh, when are we going James to Sutherland. Cam Percy. Cam yeah. Percy. Goggy. Well, well, next week Goggy. we're going to get uh, Gary Lisbon on uh, promoting well, his new book. Well, so, I, I love Gaz. Yeah, he's great. One of the best photographers around and runs yeah. a lot of great golf days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen, uh, you know how they do the uh, um, the pictures when someone's won a British Open, the official, the official British Open uh, trailer for like 1991. Okay. Have you seen it? No. So it's the year that Baker Finch wins. Anyway, there's this character following Finchie with an Australian flag. 
really long hair, looks like a complete ah, bogan. That's Gaz. It's Gary Lisbon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon I watched it a lot because I love Finchy. I loved watching him shoot 29 on the front nine. And I love the way he, you know, he was talking to his caddy winning that thing. Mm. It, it was great. How do you like that one? Do you like that one? You know, when it's in the air <laughs> and it comes down and it goes to six foot. You can just see he's He knows on. it's pure. Yeah, yeah. He knows it's pure. He's just showing off to his caddy. Yeah. It, it's, Tiger did that with Stevie a little yeah, bit as well. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. But I reckon it, it was... It took me three goes to work out that that was Gary Lisbon running around with a dirty old Australian flag like a bargain. So he's got a new book coming out, and we're going to have a chat to him next week, Nick, yeah? Yeah, correct. Well, maybe either part of the pod or a bonus pod. Yeah, we'll yeah, figure it we'll out. We'll see how we go. Out of interest on books, golf books, if you had to pick one golf book that you'd recommend to somebody to read, mm-hmm. what would the one book – I know what yours is going to be, Mark – I know what, what the, mine is, and you can't. And it can't be yours. Nick. Oh, you can't, okay, you can't recommend yours. <laughs> it can't be your own book. Oh, come on, okay. Mark. What would you recommend? Uh, well, uh, it's a, it's a it's an interesting question. There, there are two. There are three books that I loved for trying to improve your golf. Okay, you can have three. Okay, but no, I'm trying. I'm going to break. I'm going to try and work out which one to pick. But I've, I've it's in a random way. This a top five here? <laughs> no, no, no. So Ben Hogan's Five Fundamentals. You should just read it just for the sake of it. Sure. And throw some of the yeah. stuff out that doesn't make sense, and keep some of the stuff that does. Um, Peter Thompson's book, very good, is a fabulous little book. It is a beauty. I've got that at home. Is that Lessons for a Lifetime? Yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. A yeah. beautiful, really good, a, a beautiful common sense book, which I really yeah. like. But I also like Tiger. This is how I play, which is really good. You okay, know, I, 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 and it's not. This is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Had nothing about that. This is what I do, mm. and he went in and, and and just describes that. And I think that's a really good way yeah. of doing it because when you read Ben Hogan's book, you feel like you got to do it because it's Ben Hogan. And he's telling you what to do, so that's kind of good in the yeah. way. But I think Tiger, Nicholas, did, yeah, Nicholas, Nicholas did golf my way, golf my way, golf my Similar. way. Yeah, yeah and that, that's one of the the great old time books as well. And there's another book, and you'll have to help me here, folks, because I've forgotten the name. Yeah, that's one here, Dan. It's a novel. <laughs> it's a novel, and it's a. It's a kind of a make-believe professional golfer, mm-hmm. and oh God, I've forgotten the name. You might you might have read it it's before. It's not the golfer and the millionaire. Uh, That's know. a good book. I like that I one. Know. Yeah, there you go. But it's no, but he, he someone will know. Someone will know. It could it's, be it's, Seven Days in Utopia. <laughs> Is that it? No, it's not no, it. It's not that's it. a book. Anyways, it's it's about this guy's journey in professional golf, and it's a make-believe character. And okay. All right. I loved it. It's funny you say Ben Hogan's book. I knew you'd say that one, by the way. Mm. That's what I thought you'd go to. But mm. you've also famously said that book destroyed your career. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> That's right, because I, I combined Ben Hogan's swings with Greg Norman's one-piece takeaway. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why are you laughing? I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. It's, it's funny. It's your number one book, or certainly one of, but it also destroyed your career. <laughs> I won't go down the instructional route like Mark yeah. has gone because they're all very, very good. And there yeah. are other, I mean, Harvey Pennick's Little Red Book oh, is brilliant. I think book. that's great. Steve Elkington's fantastic. I haven't read Steve's, but I'm sure it's book. good. Yeah, but I love The Match. Uh, which is by Mark Frost, and yep. that's about the uh, the match took, that took place at Cypress Point. Yep, phenomenal book. And then the other one, uh, did I they read, make that little movie, The Match? I think they were trying to. They, they know they recreated it with some of the tour pros. They might have yeah. Ricky Fowler and those guys out there, but it didn't really yeah, work okay. out. But okay. I think they want to make it into a movie. And then the other one I read years ago, which is phenomenal, and followed the PGA Tour for a season back in the nineties. A Good Walk Spoiled. That's great. 
Yeah. By uh, Feinstein yeah. is his name. Yeah. Can't remember his first yeah. name. Really yeah. good. Anyway. Uh, can I throw one more in there? Yeah, uh, there you go golf on. is not a game of perfect. That is great. Now that Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, that's a that is a fabulous book. Mm. I spent uh, a day with the doc. I don't know. Uh, I, I went and saw him, uh, you know, just to see yeah, basically a lot of the stuff I used to work on is very similar to what and I've loved his books and I thought yeah. I'll spend a day with Doc and, and you know just have Bob a Rotella. Chat. Bob Rotella, sorry. His yeah. Name, yeah. He's got he come he's out of a golf course down in um uh, near West Palm Beach, Jupiter, yeah. called MacArthur. If you yeah. had to get down there, amazing yeah. golf course, a little private community, Nick Price designed. Yeah. Doc was brilliant. Loved yeah. everything he had to say, and it was basically kind of what I'd heard before, yeah. but it was a good refresher in my head. Wonderful human being, one yeah. of the nicest guys you could ever meet. We should send a copy to uh, Matthew Goggin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say it on the coverage, and I was dying to. I thought, no, I don't want to do it, but hey, this is a podcast. You got a yeah. bit more free. Uh, yeah, but uh, Goggy can find. The uh, grey cloud and every silver lining, that's for sure. So last week you guys were talking about live and how it's getting very, very close, and there's still a lot of stuff up in the air. Have, have we had some developments over the last few days? Anything going on? Well, you've been on the website, haven't you? Because we're playing my Coba this week. I mean, starts, it starts Friday. This, starts this week. Mm-hmm. So do we know who's playing for who and well, what team's what and I all had the rest a look of it? Because, I, you know, we kind of got excited that Lucas Herbert had signed with Ripper. Yeah. I went to the website, had a look. There's only three players on the Ripper team. Lucas is not on there, so I don't know if he's signed or not. Maybe, maybe the, the other one they were talking about was Adrian Moronk. Yeah. Went on there, couldn't find him. The other one, John Rahm, can't find him on the in a, in a team oh, or on a their, website. Their so, web design has gone on holiday, and it starts in a few days. <laughs> Did they create a thirteenth team? Is he joining the Cleeks or the Ironheads? No one knows Jeez. at this stage, and when we're recording this, obviously. Well, they'd have to know at some stage it because might, you know what'll happen. It'll you got to come get a, out the hour the hour after we finish this. You got to get a uh, you know the team shirt for John Rahm in double XL and, and and let him <laughs> get going. I mean, they've got to organise all that sort of stuff. Well, the merchandise they could sell. I mean, leading into it, would be incredible from the get go. But anyway, who knows? Has he got his own team, John Rahm? Well, that's the thing. They were talking about a, a Latino or a Spanish team. I mean, there was talks of Tyrrell Hatton going, um, maybe Grillo. Yes. So I'm not sure. Who knows? I thought Scheffler was going too. Hang on a second. Who's this? Scheffler. Come on. Yeah, I thought Scheffler. No, he's never going. Oh, sure. not. All right. Hey, guys, it's Pete here from Brisbane. How you guys going? Hey, Pistol. Nice to talk to you. Hey, Pete. Hey, g'day, Nick. How you going? Very well, thanks, man. How did you know my name was Pistol? (laughs) 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 Took a guess. (laughs) Is it genuinely your nickname? Is it Pete? Uh, it is, mate. It used to be a pretty uh, shit up pool play back in the day, mate. So just oh, Pete is what they call me. Pumping your tyres up, buddy. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> <laughs> you got a question for us, Pete? Guys, just uh, I think you guys might have been talking about Liv. So yeah. I just had a question about John Rahm's um, team. And I hadn't heard you guys' name, um, but I had actually heard it through the grapevine that it was supposed to be called Legions 8. Um, oh. This was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and... There's nothing on the Live website. Uh, there's no teammates that have been sort of allocated to it. Um, I know there's still a few guys that are qualified but haven't been allocated to teams. Um, so I just my main question is, I'm wondering if if, if Ram's actually got equity in this team, is he going to want a you know bunch of basically nobodies to be playing for him? Or is he going to want some guys that have actually got some status in the on the uh, in the game or? Well, I, I would have wanted to pick my own team if I was John Rahm. Yeah. If, if they're paying me that sort of money and they want me to move across from the PGA Tour where I'm making lots of money, um, I would have thought the management would have organised John to basically pick who he wanted to play with. That makes sense to me. 
Yeah, and, and especially the equity side of it. If, if he's pumping money into a team and you know, selling merchandise or whatever, this, however they're supposed to make money, because it's obviously not cheap off TV, then you, you know he, he's not going to sell you know well, his live gear with um, guys that basically you know care invincible or, or someone like that. Mm. I've heard his name bandied about, but um, starts this week, this Friday, yeah, and they and they they haven't got. They haven't got the full team's name. I had a look um, as well. Uh, I didn't see anything on the website with Ram. He wasn't even listed as a player. They've got his press release that he joined Liv, but there's no 13th team, and we don't know if he's joining the Ironheads or the Cleeks, who, you know, already uh, there's no ownership in those. So I thought maybe they've given him ownership in one of them, and he joins those teams. Um, A little bit the same with Lucas Herbert. You know, I looked up him to see if he was on the Ripper team, but no, nothing there. No, and that that was low-key too, yeah. I thought they might have gone with a Spanish I thought they might have gone with a Spanish team name for Ram, like the El Toros or yeah. something like that. But Legion Eight is that what you've heard? Is it? Le- Legion Eight is what I've heard. I, I, it's not as it's not confirmed on the website. Though. I've heard that through various media outlets, but I'm not sure what the consequent what, what the actual relevance to to John Ram is. It must be something to do with you know Spanish War or something like that. I'm not sure, but yeah, but that, that's the name that they're banding about. Could be breaking news from Pistol Peter. He's broken it first. Legion's <laughs> eight. So if that turns out to be the name, then you are on the cutting edge of uh, breaking news, Pete. Hey, Pistol, what's the handicap? Uh, well, it's it's not great at the moment. I, used, I was a member at Caboolture for a few years. I got it down to about uh, 10.2. And now through uh, family, wife, etc., it's uh, basically just a couple of rounds a year work through work. So... But I, I'm an avid uh, follower of, of golf and podcasts, this one especially. But, but if you get down to 10.2, Pistol, you're a hell of a player. Mm. Well done for that effort. Good on you. <laughs> Thanks, Marco. Righto. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers, guys. See ya. Legion 8. Is, is that a Callaway product, Legion? I is it? don't know. I haven't heard of it. All right. So, mm. well, it's not on the website when we're doing this podcast, but you would imagine... The news will probably break by the time the podcast comes out. <laughs> it probably will. <laughs> and this won't make any sense at all. Okay. Um, anyway, I think they'll get their ducks in a row. I think it's probably all planned. I just, I imagine the bloke doing the website is uh, taking a little extra holiday or broken a foot or something. He just hadn't been able to get it done. They'll get it done this week. It, of it, it starts this weekend. It's going to be up sometime this week and all will become clear. And, and the other thing I heard they're doing is they're playing in Las Vegas on the day of the Super Bowl. Oh, you're they're kidding going me. going up against them. Hmm. That'll they're, be interesting. They're going up against the Super Bowl. Yes, indeed. Well, so, that's uh, that's pushing you know what uh, uphill. I know. That's yeah. If they're looking for more <laughs> eyeballs, it's not going to happen on that day. By the way, I'm really, really happy uh, that two tournaments have made way for the NFL. Yeah, this week, finishing on a Saturday in America um, and also finishing on a Saturday at Phoenix. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, they used to finish early at Phoenix so they could watch the Super yeah. Bowl at night time, but they've just said yeah. stuff. We, we, we can't compete. All the players want to go home and know. sit back yeah. and watch the you know, Super Bowl. It'll be like our grand finals here. Yeah. You know, the NRL and the AFL grand final. You just want to sit down with family, with mates, go to a pub, watch it, mm. and not have to worry. So they're just like us. Well, Phoenix gets the biggest crowds of the year. I mean, they are incredible, and they're going to be one of the elevated events. And if they ever go to this global tour, there's talk about including them because it's such a yeah. massive event. I played there one year, and they had the Super Bowl on in Phoenix yeah. while the tournament was going on. So I played on the Sunday, and wasn't that many people in the crowd, obviously, because they had the Super Bowl going on. That yeah. that uh, that afternoon or that evening. Yeah, and just for a scope, six hundred thousand. Oh, at least was uh, pretty much goes through the gates yep. every single year to a golf tournament. Yeah, 
That's including Pro-Am Day. I think Pro-Am Day yeah. is a big day. It's like yeah. seven or 80,000. And about 400,000 of them are drunk college students. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a frat party. <laughs> yeah. It's just one big frat party. They have a place there called the Bird's Nest or something like that. And uh, yeah, that's an interesting place at night, I believe. Hey, uh, they're talking about Larry. Um, I saw it just, uh, and I want to ask you, the Grand Slam of Holes in One. So, Larry so far has got 16. Really? He, yep. At uh, Augusta. He's got oh, the okay. Island Hole at... Oh, uh, I see where you're going with this. He's okay. got the Island Hole. He's holding Sawgrass. one there at Sawgrass. Yeah. I reckon... You've got to have, what, St. Andrews in there or...? Well, I reckon... Uh, no, I'm just talking the the, the best par threes, the, yeah. the most perfect four par threes in the world to have the Grand Slam on. So, I would say, is it seven or is it six at Pebble Beach? The little one oh, down yeah. the hill? Yeah, seven. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, there's, that makes sense. there's three, and I'm going to yeah. throw Phoenix in there. 16. 16. Yep. So yep. I reckon if you get, if some player can do that, <laughs> then they've got a lifetime Grand Slam, the ace the ace Grand Slam of golf. Yeah, I like that. We should send that out to our, uh, our listeners. What do you think the four best par threes to have holes in one would be? Yeah, okay. In the world. Yeah. And they're probably going to say exactly what you said. Yeah. What are your top four? I've got, I've got, a, I've got a reasonable top four yeah. of par threes where I've oh, had my holes in one. See, I'd change mine to 12 at Augusta yeah. rather than 16 because yeah. 12 is a left-hander's hole. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier. Yeah. Sawgrass I like. I've yeah. never hit in the water at Sawgrass. That's a mighty On 17. So I, I think that deserves something. Mate, on your tombstone, you've got two things yeah. now. You've never hit in the water at <laughs> 17 and you beat Tiger Woods exactly. twice in match play. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, what, what else what do you, we got? No, what are your best holes? So I, I've held in one at 10 at Kingston Heath. Yep. Seventh uh, West at Royal Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I've held in one on... Uh, did I say 15 Kingston Heath as well? So I've Have got, you really? Yeah, those, they're one. And Jeez. back in the old days when uh, Yarra Yarra was the first hole was the long part oh, three, okay. I, I knocked that one in too. Wow. So there's my best four holes where some of my holes in ones are anyway. Right. Well, I've only had three holes in one, so in tournaments. One was at Pebble. Yeah. Which wasn't one? it seven? What hole was it? Though? It was on the 12th. Well, that 12th. was a good yeah, hole. I know. I wasn't, even, I wasn't even going for the flag. I was just trying to get it on the green. Yeah, I was going to say, you get on the green, you, <laughs> you, you, know, you do a cartwheels yeah. all the way down to the green. And I also had one at Torrey Pines. Which one at Torrey? But it was on the north course. What's um, that north course like? Actually, was it the south? No, it might have been the south. I think the third hole. Is that a par three? Third or the fourth? I can't remember. It's downhill and... Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know yeah. whether it's the third or the fourth, though. Yeah. You've had a few, but uh, neither of us had as many holes in one as Donald Trump. So let's, yeah, that's, that's right. Let's get yeah. real here. That's Come right. On. He's had fifty. What's he up to now? Fifty-two. Oh, I don't know. Probably, had, probably fifty. Do you, do, 50 do you think the Secret Service go ahead? You know, when it's a blind par three, <laughs> and they, you know, grab his ball out of the bush or out of the bunker and just pop it in the hole. Oh, Mr. President! I gotta say, Ed got a bad swing. For a seven-year-old. Yeah, it's inside, okay. it's around. It's but effective, I'll say that. I looked over your shoulder before, Marco, yeah. just before the pod, and you were scrawling down some very, very interesting top five. I'm not going to say what it is, but all I will well, say, I'll it's say, a very, very interesting top five. I'll today. say what it is. Okay. My top five dodgy incidents in golf. Okay. And this, I'm not saying that uh, Parvon was dodgy. Well, if you haven't got He's not in there. my top five, but... It was pushed that it was a dodgy sort of foot-pushing spot. Yeah, I saw it and it didn't look too bad doesn't to doesn't look me. bad to me no, either. I'm no. with you. But it made me think of the most dodgy things that I've ever seen in golf. And that's my top five. And I'll see you on the 10th tee. Hold up. 
life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. And maybe share it with a friend. Now back to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. So a big thank you to Ping once again. A lot of Ping players in the news this week, uh, it's fair to say, uh, Nicholas. There are always Ping players. Ashley Lau, who shot the 61 at Rosebud on Saturday, is a Ping player. The stacks of them. They're all over the place. So a big thank you to Ping. We'll get to the Ping Global results very soon. And also a very big thank you to the Golf Clearance Outlet. Sam Clossimo is looking after us like you wouldn't believe. And we want to look after him. And we want you to go and buy some of the best gloves you've ever seen for $13 each. Three gloves for $39. And they'll send them straight to your house. You might as well get six of them if I was you. And they're very good, Dan. You'd love them. Did I see a video of you in the Golf Clearance Outlet on Facebook today flogging off some gear? Yes, I'm going back in there soon to do it again. Oh, right, okay. okay. I, I like going down there. Yeah, that's a good place. There's some, gr- there's some really good stuff down there, and it's being serious. All the big brands you wouldn't believe. Drivers like you wouldn't believe. Just, just, they're, only, they're only one generation old, and the deals are unbelievable. This top five you've been talking up? Yes. So my top five this week is on the most dodgy things that I've seen in professional golf. Top five, top five, top five. At number five... And I cannot believe this is at number five because this is an all-timer. This is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Okay. And it involves winning a major. The Open Championship. Oh. Gary Player oh. has hit it through the green and his ball is one foot from a wall. There's a crowd upstairs in the spike bar and he's got down there and there's gravel all over the place. He puts his putter behind the ball. He Let's... sweeps all the gravel away and then instantly looks up and says, could you be quiet up there, please? <laughs> it was a look over there. He's playing it left-handed too, right? It was a left-handed, yeah. It was a left-handed sweep and then a complaint about the noise. Mm. He went on the win, the British Open. Jeez, Gaza, that was dodgy. What would Stuart, our rules guide, say about that? Uh, he'd be disappointed. Stewie would be very disappointed. In fact, mm. we wouldn't mind some... Stewie listens every week. Stuart, we'd like some feedback on the Gary Player situation, uh, if you don't mind. Um, Jack Nicholas laughs about it too, by the way. He thinks it was funny stuff. I bet. <laughs> funny stuff. Who, who did Gary be? Do you know? Uh, don't know, though. He won by if quite a Jack, bit. If it was Jack, he wouldn't be laughing. No, he, he won by quite a bit. Um, Lexi Thompson. Yes. She got penalised for this. But uh, when she marked her ball, she didn't do a dodgy thing and move it closer or anything. She just moved it to the left. It must have been a little hole or something mm. or an old plug mark or just an old heel mark or something or the ball just wouldn't sit there. She just moved it to the left. Yeah, I remember that. She was leading the tournament at the time. Might have been the third round yeah. or something or in the fourth. In a major two, I believe. And uh, that's habitual. two or a four-shot penalty. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, that, that's habit mm. stuff. That's. Uh, mm. I wonder if that's the first time. Anyway, that made me think that maybe that wasn't the first time Lexi done it. I'm sure she hasn't done it since. So uh, that was a bit dodgy. This top five, it actually could have been a top seven because uh, the next person, I found three really dodgy things. Well, if if this if this person I think you're thinking of, he could have been the top five. But anyway, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> we could have easily filled this top five. Allegedly, we, we by the way. We needed... Allegedly. A, well, this is just dodgy stuff. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just dodgy stuff that I've seen. Okay. 
And if Patrick Reed's name wasn't in this list, then uh, we weren't trying hard enough, not nearly hard enough. What are you in the Bahamas? I just shake my head that he thought he'd be able to get away with that. That the was Tory, a sand incident. Uh, the sand incident. The Tory Pines number where the replay showed the ball jump into the air and move forward, mm-hmm. not back down to the same thing, and he claimed that he had a plug ball. Mm-hmm. That's dodgy as hell. I mean, your ball's... Anyway. Yep. Um, and also... Searching for where the pitch mark yeah, was and pushing the hand pushing down. Pushing the hand yeah. down the yep. ball. Dodgy. Um, and then in Dubai where the camera oh, yes. clearly showed a ball going in one palm tree <laughs> and then Patrick identifying his ball in a totally different palm tree. Had <laughs> <laughs> the binoculars out. Oh. Yeah, that's my ball. Dodgy. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that was comical. So number three, I put it there because there was three things so, from Patrick hey, Green. You guys gave me grief about being top sixes and sevens. This has turned into a top seven. Yes, it has. But uh, but in the same way, okay, it's kind sure, of just, sure. you know, okay. I'm just lumping one bloke into three, three dodgy a, things. B and C. Yeah, that's right. Um, number two, Tiger Woods took a drop from the pond at the front of 15 and he walked back. At the Masters. At the Masters. Walked back. Uh, he didn't drop it close to the pond. He decided to go back in as far as he'd like. It was that rule. So he went back as far as he'd like and then took a club length to the right to improve the the angle. At the time, he hit the shot and got away with it. No one picked it up. Signed for a 72, 73, whatever, whatever, it whatever it was, and made the cut. Then it was brought to the attention of the people at Augusta that he had done something wrong. For 200 years of golf, if you sign an incorrect scorecard, you are disqualified. But Augusta found the way to get Tiger back on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> so this isn't about Tiger. Tiger didn't do anything wrong. He just he just got looked after yeah. like no other player in the game had ever been looked after. Well, the men at the Masters, they... Yeah. They have their own, right. you know, they can do what they like. and, and good. I mean, I I play one Masters. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've... Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, go on. Rain delays. Yeah, okay. And then we went out the next morning, finished the round, as you do, and yeah. then you had to restart in the afternoon. Right. But there are players all over the place, and it was a bit all congested, and we're on the range warming up, yeah. and they came along to us saying, are you ready to go? And I'm like, yeah, okay, go to the 10th tee. I said, well, I haven't got my starting time yet. It doesn't matter, just go. What? And they were saying to players along the range, are you ready? Some guys would say, no, I need 20 more minutes. Okay, you keep going. What? So they just sent players off in the third round of the Masters. Not seated. Not seated in the bottom section. Right. The top 20 or they 25, were they were seated because that's the TV groups. But the, but the first few groups out, they were going, no, we're just going to send you off in random we order just gotta get because you we're there. trying to finish here. We just need to get going. Well, I don't mind that. That's thinking, uh, on, yeah, that's thinking on the thinking spot. Thinking on their feet. Yeah, so good, yeah. But they kind of make those things up as they go sometimes. That, that's definitely good luck to them too. protocol normally. I'd like to be invited back to Augusta <laughs> at some that, point. That wouldn't, even happen. <laughs> that wouldn't even happen in a junior event, would it? No. So, Probably but, not. Anyway. So, so just on Tiger, he, he didn't do anything wrong per se. He just signed the car, an incorrect card, right? He thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't cheating in any way. Yeah. He just didn't follow the rules of golf in that situation. Which happens sometimes. It happens yeah. all the time. You th- think yeah. you're doing the right thing, but oh, yeah. okay. Not Tiger's fault. But I do think Tiger should have said, no, this is uh, the rules of golf have been this way for a long time. Thanks for the opportunity to play on Saturday and Sunday, but I'm not going to do that. That would that would have been nice, but he didn't do that. But I'm not. I'm not. I, I would have done it. I would. I, 
I would like to have thought that I would have said, I'm not playing everyone for the last 150 years playing this game who has signed an incorrect scorecard is disqualified. And I would have liked to think in that situation I would have done the same you thing. You would have played <laughs> in a heartbeat. You would have played. <laughs> But everyone's so aware of it. So I remember the story from you, Nick, from last year, where you were saying you were having a bad day and you, your head wasn't right, and you were going to sign it. You thought, "Hang on, I'm not sure on this," and you got your caddy to check it for you yeah. before you signed it because you were, that's how worried you were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. When you sign your card, you it has to be spot on. Otherwise, the rules are there. You yeah. know what's going to happen. And my number one. This could be good. It also involves Augusta. Okay. Guan Tin Lang. 14-year-old Chinese kid who won the Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship and signed his ticket to Augusta. There were a lot of slow players that year. Lots. Playing in threes, five-hour rounds, five-and-a-half-hour rounds. Only one player got pinged for slow play. Not the (laughs) 14-year-old. And they picked on the 14-year-old kid from China. Now... I guess I'll never play Augusta. You don't want to go. You don't want to go to Augusta. <laughs> I'll, do you? I'll now I'm never get my chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was really, really dodgy to let every other pro in the field get off for their slow play. And I've heard all the stories, and I've heard the reasoning, and I've heard the rules officials tell their story why they gave this kid the two shot penalty, and I don't believe them. It sounded like garbage to me. <laughs> so I think that was dodgy too, and that's my number one dodgy thing that I've ever seen in the history of golf. Very nice. Right, yeah. Where now, are we moving to now? Well, just a second ago, we had a voicemail uh, uh, alert come Ooh. through, so we should have a quick listen to that, I reckon. Okay. You have one new voicemail. New message. Hi, guys. Fian Dunleavy here, um, caddy for a long, long time. The appointment of Lucas Herbert coming to Ripper GC and Live is a massive one. What sort of money, if any, do you think that Cam had to get him across the line? Because I would think north of $30 million to 50 Or do you think it's just a part of what Liv's money's going to be, that, that $4 million a, a week, four times, you know, you win that plus the, t- the, the team money. In regards to Jed Morgan, uh, shame. Uh, kid has massive amount of talent uh, and will bounce back. Maybe a little early for him. Whether he wins or he doesn't, he's set his life up forever. And the other question is, is Wade Ormsby still Mr. Number 5, getting paid by Liv not to play? We'd love to know your thoughts. Cheers, guys. A few questions there. Um, Wade Ormsby is, I spoke to him last week, and he's still hanging on for starts here and there. He might sneak one if he's lucky. Oh, he's an alternate? Yeah. Oh, good. He might sneak one, yeah. He might sneak uh, that sort of thing. It's a shame he didn't get the fourth spot in Ripper. Yeah. yeah, but one of the questions was about Lucas yes. and that fourth spot and what we think he would have been paid. Now, I thought we covered it off last week. I, I, I thought it would be a $5 million a year situation for Lucas. That would have been my best guess. Three, four years, is even that what though, you're saying? Yeah, even though we all like Lucas and we think he's a young star, I'm not sure how many people, how many extra people will be tuning into a live event to see uh, Lucas run around with the Rippers. So I, I think what would be fair would be, you know, $5 million a year. Um, if you earn more prize money than that, then that's on top. But I, I guaranteed $5 million a year, I would have thought. I'd be staggered if it was mm. 10 And I'm talking US dollars, not Australian dollars. Yeah. So what does that bump it up to? $7.5 bucks a year, say? 
something like that over what three years so just over 20 yep something yeah uh, 30 to 50 is, is too high yeah um yeah you're probably about the mark maybe a touch more um yep that's right and jed morgan i agree i, I think he will bounce back I, I when i watch him play and when i didn't he won the australian pga by a thousand shots there at one stage yeah. didn't he so when he when he did that i thought wow who is this kid and um I, I also have fear and I, I also have confidence that Jed will bounce back at some stage. I think so. Yeah, I think there were, I've played with him before and seen his talent in action firsthand and this kid can really yeah. play. His decision-making leaves a little bit to be desired from what I've seen. So once he gets that sorted and he has a bit more strategy, maybe a good caddy on the bag, which I'm sure he's got or had, um, that might help going forward as well. But. The thing about pro golf is as you go along, you learn about your game and, okay, well, you hope you learn anyway. When you make big mistakes, you go, well, I'm not going to do that next time. And yeah. obviously he's made, been making a few mistakes uh, last year when yeah. playing live and he struggled a bit. Shame he didn't get his card back. He went to the Q school and all that. So, yeah. uh, But he'll be back playing somewhere around the traps. And as Fian said, uh, he set himself up for life. Which be interesting, is uh, in, in, be interesting world to live in too for a young pro, mm. I reckon. I mean... Can you imagine when you, know, when you turn pro? I mean, I think back to my career. I had one decent summer. If I was thrown in to live and all those big superstars and the extra curricular activities are going on the planes and all that kind of stuff, I reckon I would have lost my way a little bit off the course. And maybe that filtered down. That That's just me personally. I don't know whether that's happened to Jed or not. But it would be a fascinating situation to find yourself in as a young lad full of potential Won a tournament, found yourself hanging out with DJ and all the rest of it, and you're trying to improve. Love getting voicemails. If you want to leave one, talkbirdytome.com.au, and uh, we'll play it on the show. You mentioned a second ago, Nick, about uh, about Jed having a, a Jed's caddy. Uh, you know who also had a caddy in the weekend? Kazuma Kabori. Yeah. He had two, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he, had a kid, he had a kid who looked like, uh, well, he was a Japanese tour player, but he yeah. had the glasses on on Saturday. He looked like a K-pop yeah. member. Uh, Ren Yonazawa. That's right. Good player, too. Can you remember the name of the second caddy on Sunday? Reese Thomas. Good. Yeah, you're good. Reese well Thomas, who was also uh, got his card New here Zealand in Australia, pro. but uh, didn't get to start in the field. So yeah. hopefully he got a little cut of the check, maybe. Yeah. would be nice. All right, well, play the music. Ping Global Results. Here we go. <laughs> On the PGA Tour at Torrey Pines. Oh, a... <laughs> Viva la France. <laughs> Pings, by the way. Pings. Mathieu yes. Pavon. Ping player. First Frenchman to win on the PGA Tour. I that surprised me that, when you told I me really that. I really did. I thought, oh, surely Vanderveld or... Yeah. Uh, Actually, when you think about it, there hasn't no. been too many over there. <laughs> Maybe way back when. Well, that would have counted. Who else you got? If Thomas Vandervel, LeVay. If, Ta- if Vandervel won, yes. that, that would have actually counted. Yeah. And Thomas LeVay lost in a playoff too at the British yeah, Open, okay. so uh, that would have counted as well. That's right. Were there two Frenchmen in that playoff? Oh, no, there's two Australians. No, two Aussies. Two Aussies Who in were they? Uh, Steve Elkington and yep. Stuart Appleby. Yeah, well done. And who won? Ernie else. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, you're good on your history. Well done. Which course? <laughs> uh, was it Muirfield? It was Muirfield. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Anyway, uh, France's Mathieu Pavon defeated uh, Rasmus Hoygaard, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Ryan Fox was actually making his debut as a member mm. of the PGA Tour. How'd he go? He, got his, he missed the cut. 
Uh, unfortunately, as did Jason Day, who's won around there before. That was a bit surprising. And Harrison yeah. Endicott also missed. Out of the Aussies, Aaron Badley tied for 37th. Minwoo Lee, I think he eagled the last hole to make the cut. Mm. Really good effort. Uh, he finished tied for 42nd in the end. But uh, just, anyway, great result there. For just when you mentioned Jason Fox. Day, uh, I saw something on the coverage that uh, sparked. So uh, the FedEx Cup has been going for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Only one player has qualified all 17 years. I'll let you think about that for a second, see if you can get it. Okay. But there were two Aussies who had played in 16 of them. Yep. One was Jason Day and one was Adam, Adam Scott. Scott yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm thinking the other one would be... The number one who's the been, number who, one. who hasn't missed. Don't, don't tell me. I played with him. He hasn't oh, missed. I'm drawing a blank. Let me just think about he's that He's had for a, a while. technique change in his putting just recently. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he's got the, the shaft going up the other that's arm. That's him? Yeah, Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar. Kuchar. Well, I knew I had to think about it. Good stuff. Drew a blank on his name. Anyway, on the LPGA Tour, that finish was unbelievable. They were playing the drive-on championship in Bradenton, Florida. Nellie Corder going up against Lydia Ko. Was she four over after 16 holes, Nellie? She was. And finished Eagle Birdie to Ty Ko, who finished Eagle Par. Now, Lydia, Lydia Ko needs one more win, one more point to get into the Hall of Fame. Oh. Three-shot lead, two to go. She's thinking happy days. Yeah. And Nelly goes eagle birdie, playoff. Uh, unbelievable finish. And then she gets her on the second playoff hole. I think Lydia three-putted. But, oh. I, I, and, and watching Nelly play, you think, how can this girl ever lose? I mean, she it's doing, incredible. What was she doing wrong? I mean, oh, I think no birdies until... wasn't holding any putts. Yeah. Uh, hit one in the water on a par three, made a double. She went bogey, double bogey, and then finished eagle birdie. So there's consistency. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, Gabby Ruffles was making her debut hey. as an LPGA member, but unfortunately she missed the cut as well. Uh, Robin Choi was the sole Aussie there. Tied for 16th. She was actually top five going into the final round, but unfortunately shot a uh, 77 sunset strip. But a good result for a first event over there. Uh, on the DP World Tour at the Razal Kaima Championship, yeah. uh, Torburn Olsen, the Dane. Everyone's been talking about the Danish twins. Well, yeah. another Dane popped up for a six-shot win over Rasmus. He had a four-shot lead starting the day, and he was level through seven. You know how these leads get yeah, wiped? Yeah. He eagled eight, and Rasmus bogeyed three-shot lead, and it was all over oh, after that. Oh, so, goodness uh, me. Very or impressive. his middle two rounds. His middle two rounds were like 62 and 63 or something. Correct, so. yeah. yeah. Just unbelievable. Now, he was famous for an incident um, three, four, four, almost five years ago now. What is it? Where he took those dodgy, you're talking about dodgy, dodgy sleeping pills on a plane. And uh, he did some things on the plane <laughs> that he shouldn't have. That's right. And he, and he couldn't remember what happened. That's and right. a lot of the players around him were going, no, this, this isn't this guy that we know. And sure enough, he took some dodgy yeah. pills it that someone like had a... given to him to get him to sleep. And he just went nuts, apparently. And he couldn't remember any of it. Apparently a lovely guy. So great to see him playing well. Mm. And, uh, Got a fair and he, now has a, he now has an Aussie queen, which is awesome, obviously. An Aussie queen? Well, the Danes, you know. We've oh, got, yeah, that's uh, right. Mary. <laughs> queen Mary. Okay. <laughs> Out of the Australasians, uh, Daniel Hillier, type 23rd, Jason Scrivener, 47th. And Sam Jones, you know, the lefty that we yeah. uh, saw down here. He, he yep. was going really well after two bounds, but unfortunately struggled. Uh, tied 68th, and Dave Michaluzzi missed the cut. So, um, you know, he's just starting his DP World Tour season. Hopefully yep. he can get it going as yep. we go along. Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia, obviously here. Down at Rosebud, we had the West uh, WebEx Players Series Victoria, which Mark and I, you, we commentated on. And the Lord of the Greens, Kazuma Kabori. That's what the nickname yep. is that we've called him. Yep. Uh, thank you, Paul Munnings up at the PGA for that name. It was very, a good one. Very good. It was a good one. It was a good one. Given he's a New Zealander. 
Uh, I, we didn't speak rings. about Ashley Lau enough in that tournament. You know, mm. the, the 61, uh, 68 to finish 14 under on the weekend to move from, I think she was the third group off on Saturday Incredible. into the second yeah. last group and played reasonably well in the back nine when she was a chance. I, I thought that was quite good. Three out of the last four, I think. Yeah. That was an impressive effort to finish. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, she, she played great golf. She did. Matty Goggin, unfortunately, our buddy. We thought, you know, his ball striking Tita Green should have won the golf tournament. Yeah. If he'd have putted like Kazuma, he would have won by five. Yeah. Um, but any, any, he ended up finishing third. A couple of results that I kind of, well, one I missed last week because I didn't think the tour had started again. The Champions Tour, Steve Volker won again. I'm glad. First event on the Champions Tour, and he goes out and wins again. He, he so just keeps winning, doesn't he? He's crushing it. He's amazing. I'm glad you've yeah. gone back in time because we don't I show Steve Elker enough respect for what mm. he's doing. He what shot, he's doing is outrageous. And he shot back-to-back 63s, 963s to win the golf tournament. Who did he beat? Yeah. Stricker and who else down the stretch? Fra- uh, Harrison Fraser. Yeah, unbelievable. The Aussies in the field that week was uh, Mark Hensby tied for 12th, Rod Pampling tied for 30th. And then we had the youngest winner on the Corn Ferry Tour ever. What? Uh, South African Aldrich Potgaiter. He. How do you spell that? Oh, do you want me to go through? No. It? Okay. <laughs> Just think of poltergeist and take out a few. <laughs> take out a few letters. Uh, he was 19 years, four months, and he and he wow. he's younger than you know who was the record before that was our own Jason Day. Oh, Jason Day yeah, won as a 19 year old on the Corn Ferry Tour. Oh, so. Holy dolly. Unbelievable. So yep. we got all these youngsters. I mean, 20 year old Nick Dunlap, who won on the PGA Tour. 19 year old yep. wins. Yep. On the Corn Ferry Tour and Kazuma, what's he, 22? I 22. Mean, incredible. So, anyway, that wraps up the Ping Global Results. We have got a heap of feedback, guys. Let's go. You ready for it? Always. Okay. Last week we were at Huntingdale, uh, and it was fantastic to be there and see what, what they're doing with the course. We took a couple of pics when we were there, which we asked for captions on. One was, Nick, you looking forlornly at Robert Allenby. Mm, yes, <laughs> I remember it well. Yeah. I, I helped his three-peat that year. Yeah. We had a heap of comments. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go through them all because there's like way too many. There's a couple okay. of really fun ones. Cam Stewart has said, yep, you got me that time, Allenby, but I got you in Hawaii. <laughs> well, okay. You weren't there, Nick. I wasn't there. You weren't there. Adrian has said, "Yeah, but you didn't beat Tiger twice." That's right. Hey, I Which like is that. not bad. That's Thank more, you. That's yeah, good. That's more like it. The second photo was uh, Mark. You were about to whack Colin Montgomery with a golf yeah. club. Some people thought I was going to whack Craig Spence, but I wasn't. I was no. Colin Montgomery. Yeah, it's your favourite player. Matt Swanee said, "If I can cut my left wrist and open my stance, I reckon." I can slice the haggis-eating jammy bastard's head clean off for the good of greater humanity. <laughs> That's comment of the week, that one. Yeah, there's a tough. lot of adjectives in there. Yeah, yeah. And this one from uh, T.L. Armstrong. How about Marco v. Monty? A cage match, if a promoter can make it work. Vegas in summer, pay-per-view, no rules, and the winner gets the lemon jacket. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, yeah, I'd pay to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had a lot of comments on Huntingdale on the course, in particular about the chat with Mike Cocking. He was how good was he? He's a lovely fella, a gentleman, really, really good, and a former Victorian amateur champion. Yeah, Mark has said, uh, "I wish the Aussie Masters could start up there again. That course is great for spectators." Yep, and it's going to be fantastic. always was uh, fabulous. I used to live on the fifteenth um, tee back in the old days. My house was right there on the fifteenth tee. And one person after another would just jump over my gate. Like just jump <laughs> I'd, I'd be coming out ready to play. Right? I'm coming out. I've got the bag on my shoulder, and you know my girlfriend with me. We're walking out. And there's 
20 people on my front lawn jumping over the gate. Is that uh, how the Huntingdale 7 entered the golf course? I'm not allowed to talk about the Huntingdale 7 ever again, mate. I've been Surely warned. there's some feedback about the Huntingdale no, 7. Apparently they're going to break my thumbs if I say anything, okay. so it's not going to happen. Karen Harding has said, My parents were long-time and keen members of Huntingdale. I've seen the plans and I can't wait to see them come to fruition. I really think Huntingdale will never have looked better when it's done. Rob Williamson said, I'm really glad the uh, the five is back to a par four. And that was what Mike was talking about. Mm. Good caddy, Rob Williamson. Mm. And loves collecting golf clubs. Yeah. Loves it. And he drives trains in Melbourne. Really? Yeah, he's a train driver. Oh. Is, he, is he the oh. one who... Uh... Yeah, it's him. <laughs> so <laughs> I was waiting at Paran Station ready to go to the footy. And the train comes in, and I hear, "Hey, Marco, get off the, get out of the way." <laughs> oh, who's that? Was this on the loudspeaker? He's on the loudspeaker. <laughs> He's warning, "Get off the, get out, get off the thing." Anyway, I get on, and he came out. He came out and saw me and said, "Good night." It was well. He goes, "I'm driving the train." <laughs> oh, very funny. Last one on Huntingdale. This is from Green uh, Greenkeeping Rooster. Great podcast. Love listening to the insights of Mike Cocking, and I'm looking forward to seeing the end product at Huntingdale. By the way, Mark, I agree with you on the lakes. Yes, most people do. Mm. But don't worry, Mike Cocking will fix up the old mess. We posted some videos last week, uh, or you driving uh, and, and also putting right-handed, Nick. Mm -hmm. uh, there was about three videos. Oh, we yeah, Nick O'Hoo, you mean? Oh, sorry, Nick O'Hoo. Yeah, that's exactly right, Nick O'Hoo. <laughs> Darren Blinkensop has written in and said, Hey, Mr. O'Hoo, who would... He's called you, that's what he said <laughs> Mr. here. Mr. O'Hoo, I like it. Hey, Mr. O'Hoo, who would win a match between you and Cam Davis? Nine holes right-handed and the back nine left-handed. Oh, that would be interesting. But the way Cam Davis no. swings it left-handed, uh, he's got me for he's, sure. He's got Nico <laughs> Who covered, mate. Oh, yeah. Give me give me a little bit of time. I'm, I'm practising. I'm going to put another card in tomorrow, I think. Oh, yeah? Have pop you been practising? Pop up to... No, I, have, I don't practise right-handed, of course. Say. I practise my putting right-handed, but that's about it. Yeah, okay. Now, Anthony's written in. He's pretty annoyed with you. Are you kidding me? I achieved my lifelong goal of a GA of 18 last weekend, <laughs> and this bloke lobs up in an upside-down world and casually shoots 13 over. Where do you recommend I post my Mizunos out now for sale? <laughs> <laughs> now, if you get some pings, that might help him. It <laughs> well, definitely would. Wayne McLeod has a suggestion. Yeah. How about Cobra for Kabori? Cobra. A, a nickname. Oh, because he's a snake. I think Lord of the Greens is the way to go. Kazuma Boomer was a good one, but that was only for his drive. Yeah, that's if he was the longest hitter yeah, we've ever exactly. seen. He would have been Kaboomer Kabori. Final yeah. one. This is a question for you guys from Ben Hall. Hey, guys. Love the pod. You've spoken about the Grand Prix-style world tour a bit over recent episodes. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on how this could work. A couple of things to consider. How many weeks per year, and are there breaks? How many events are in the U.S.? How many events would have to be international for it to be a true world tour? The majors obviously remain majors, but three of the four in the US. Uh, is there an opportunity for PGA championships to move internationally? The Fried Egg Podcast, it's a great podcast, Fried Egg. The Fried Egg Podcast have done a full ep on this, which was really interesting, okay. but it was very US-centric. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, you're not going to hear my thoughts. You're going to hear Scotty Scheffler's uh, brother-in-law's thoughts secondhand oh. through me. Okay. <laughs> the source. The source, all right? <laughs> so... Uh, they think there's going to be more than a dozen if it happens. So it's still an if. Yeah. If it happens, it'll be more than a dozen, half in America, including the three majors and some others. Uh, they're really, they're really, really big ones. Yep. And then around around the world. All those other details that you ask about, you and I scratch our head about each time we talk about it. It would be very, very complicated. So it's fair for everybody. How you get in, how do you drop out? 
is it just done off world rankings? Mm. And, you know, one week before a Grand Prix event, they have a look at the world rankings again and say, well, you're in and you're out. I mean, that would be a really simplistic way of doing it if it's just solely off the world rankings and you get into every major. Um, Scheduling is a big issue. Scheduling. Especially when you go internationally. Yeah. You know, do you do it week two or three weeks in a row or do you have a week on, a week off and are you flying back and forth? I mean, around the, the Open Championship, you'd have to do the Irish Open and the Scottish. Yeah, you'd have three in a row. I three in a row there. Who do you put, where do you put them all together? Yeah. Um, and and while, by the way, while they're playing three in a row and they're the Grand Prix events, then the US Tour still goes. Mm. But it's just going to be the guys who haven't quite qualified for the Grand Prix events. So I, I think it's doable. If you got everybody on the same page somehow, and but I guess you got to get it past a lot of people. You got to get it past Tiger. You got to get it past whoever Tiger's equivalent is on the DP World Tour. You got to get it past gee, a lot of folks. Um, the advisory councils, the player advisory councils on both tours. Yeah, I think tournament-wise, around that sixteen number sounds about right, and maybe. You know, you'd split that in half. Maybe mm. there's eight in the US, including three majors. So you got mm. five others and then eight internationals. And yeah. you go, okay, what are the eight international events we'd love to have? But I think, the, and we've spoken about this before, is the PGA Championship should go overseas, not yep. be an American event. Oh, that'd be unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, the, Maybe just rotate it. Yep. It's the world PGA. Yep. goes back to America. I, I reckon it goes back to America every second year or yeah, something. But exactly. Every second year it goes back to America, but it goes America, Japan. America, Australia, Australia, America, yeah, and and just make it work. Yep. Great question from Ben Hall. And if you have a question for Nick and Mark, go to the website or mention on the socials or drop us an email. There's loads of myriad of ways you can contact us. Well, it is time now for this week's masterclass. And this week's masterclass is about uphill lies because we saw a little bit of it over the golf on the weekend. We have Mathieu Pavon on the final hole where he didn't hit a great second shot. It was a pretty awkward lie, though, I must admit. He had one foot in the bunk and one foot out. Mm. But uh, in the event we saw at Rosebud, we had Kazuma Kabori on the par 5 16th and also Matty Goggin where they hit these big pulls off uphill lies. And that's the first thing you've got to remember is off an uphill lie – the ball will go left if you're a right-handed golfer. It will always go left. If it's a downhill lie, it's probably going to squeeze a little bit to the right. So you have to allow for that. Now, how much depends on the slope of the lie and things like that. But a lot of it is to do with the setup as well because I find the most common thing with sloping lies is people mishit the ball. Uphill lies, they tend to chunk them a lot mm. because the club digs because you're going slightly on the way up. So the best way to do it is I like to widen the stance a little. And then funnily enough, I'm going to lean my weight slightly into the slope, mm. my lower half, so that I've kind of got that 50-50 balanced feel. A lot of people say, well, you've got to swing up with a slope. Well, that is true, but you do it with your shoulders. So what you do is you lean your left leg into the slope, and then you've got that nice balance, and then you tilt your shoulders back to align with the slope. That's interesting. Yeah, this is a different way. Of th- yeah, I thought this about this uh, a little while ago because it was in my book and things like that. I've, I've had some different ideas when I've been thinking about all this with the books. And then what you do is you just take a swing along the line of your shoulders. So you kind of your lower half is leaning left, your upper body is leaning right to help you swing up with the slope, and then you're aiming further right because the ball's going to go a little bit left. It's not going to be a big swing. Because you've got the wider stance and you've got all these restrictions going on, it's going to be a slightly more of a three-quarter swing. So take extra club. The other thing about uphill lies is the ball won't go as far because you're adding loft. So take one club, maybe even two, because you're going to make a three-quarter swing. 
And that way it'll be more controlled and you'll make solid contact because it's all about the contact with sloping lines. If you hit the ball solidly, the ball will generally go around about where you want it. If you try and hit it too hard, you're going to lose your balance, you're going to pull it, you're going to chunk it, you're going to do all these different things. I'll post a video on socials. It will be in left-handed form, but Nico, who may make an appearance as well, and we might even get it in right-handed form for everyone out there. <laughs> I love that. I like what you're saying there. I mean, I've always just leant forward slightly and done the three-quarter swing, but I've mm. never done the tilt. Tilt back. Because that gets you yeah. up with the slope. I've, I've used yeah. to lean into it, but then I'd find I'd chunk a few as well. So if you tilt the shoulders, that just helps that little bit. Yeah. Well, in theory, that makes sense. But so does communism. So. <laughs> oh, my God. What a way to finish. Wow. Apologies. Jeez. Uh, Have you started drinking, mate? I'll see you guys next week. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Dan. Thanks for being part of Talk Birdie to me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. And if you want to be part of the show, drop us a message or comment on the socials. Or you can send an email or leave a voicemail at talkbirdietome.com.au. Thanks to the great team at Ping. They're the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. If you're after top quality at prices you won't beat, check them out. golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Talk Birdie to me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. <laughs>